0: I wish I could be with you in person, but uh, as this recording is happening, we are in Cape Town at the Every Nation World Conference. This is something that happens every three years, and so there's over 30 of us that, uh, from our church that have, have uh, decided to attend. And so it means that we can't be with you. But I'm still looking forward to jumping into God's Word and seeing what He has to teach us today. As you know, for those of you who have been coming regularly, we are going through a series on the Beatitudes. It's the first part of the Sermon on the Mount of Jesus addressing uh, the crowd and kind of his magnum opus. And uh, what we're doing is we're using this first chunk of Matthew chapter 5 as uh, an outline for a journey in setting us free from addictions. We're describing addiction as an anxiety disorder in that everybody is on kind of the addiction continuum. We all have some kind of way that we try to manage our anxiety outside of faith and love. And so uh, ang- addiction then is an anxiety disorder. Is trying to manage anxiety without turning to Jesus in faith or making decisions based on love. And the result of that is that the very things that we hope are going to bring us peace and uh, contentment actually put us into bondage, that we bond to them in a way where we actually become enslaved to them. And so uh, what we looked at in the first week is that we need to, this journey out of slavery, is that we need to admit our moral poverty. We need to admit that things aren't going well relationally. And then we need to grieve over that. We need to mourn and understand that we have dishonored God and others. Well, now we're in a tricky place. Now that we recognize what we've done wrong, we regret what we've done wrong. Now, what do we do? How do we get out of turning to these things that divide us from God and others into something that's more life giving for all concerned? So we're left with asking the question how do we change? How do we actually move toward faith and love instead of addiction? Well, Matthew 5, verse 5, gives us at least part of the answer. And here's what it says. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The word meek is similar to the word blessed are the poor in spirit that we started with. And so it's about being oppressed and poor. And somehow these people will actually inherit the whole earth. Jesus is referencing Psalm 3711, the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. So what is meekness? It's easy to think that being meek is somehow being timid or insecure, that we're not very confident and so we're kind of shy and maybe a little bit socially awkward and we can describe ourselves in these kinds of ways and think that that might mean that we're meek. The biblical understanding of what meekness is, is it's more about being gentle. More specifically, it's about being tamed or submissive. When we think about, uh, imagine there's a stallion and that stallion is going to be tamed. A word that's used for that is being meeked, where they're wild and uncontrolled and now they're going to be able to be harnessed towards something good and productive, This is what it means to be meek, to be tamed, to have controlled passion. A meek person has the full gamut of emotional experiences, but they are able to take their emotion and channel it towards something productive And uh, for example, what we see with Jesus in the money changers, he's angry, but his anger isn't based out of anything mean or controlling. He's filled with love and he cares so much that he actually does something that's quite aggressive, but he's described as being meek. So it's not about being passive. It's about being able to control our passions towards something good. This then is in Uh, contradiction or an opposition to what an addiction is. Somebody who engages in addictive behavior is rash, uh, compulsive, doing things without really thinking, just trying to get a quick fix and manage their emotions. Uh, It's agitated and demanding. So you can see then, as we look at the difference between being meek and being addicted, these are actually on polar opposite uh, sides of how we engage with the difficulties of life, one way is through being meek and controlled, and uh, directing our feelings towards something uh, constructive. And the other is just, is just without thinking. Just this is what needs. This is what I feel like I need to do right now in order for me to to feel composed or to feel like I'm back in control again. Anxiety demands. A quick fix. When we think of the prodigal son in Luke 15, what does he begin as saying? Give me my share of the estate. Give me my inheritance. We see in this verse, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Well, what the prodigal son says is, I don't want to wait. I want my inheritance now. I want my portion of the estate right now. This is in contrast to the meek who are content. They can wait for their inheritance. They're not anxious. They're not panicked. They don't need to quickly do something. They're able to wait for God's good gifts in his time. Jesus is our example. In Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, it says that Jesus is gentle and humble in heart. The word translated gentle there is translated meek in Matthew 5. He is gentle and humble in heart. And then it says in Philippians 2, so he did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. He's meek, he's submissive, he's living in response to God, and so he doesn't need to grasp for things. He's able to wait for God's timing and God's leadership. We also see how Jesus behaves in a meek way in uh, in John 19, uh, 19, verses 10 to 11. This is when he's brought before Pilate, And listen to what Pilate says. Talk about an anxious moment. Pilate says, don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? Pilate's saying, I have power. And he's exerting that power over Jesus. And listen to how Jesus responds. Jesus answered, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. I'm not not anxious about your power. I'm not worried about being controlled. I know who's ultimately in control and I'm trusting in him. That's a meek disposition. The meek, therefore, are non-anxious because they trust in God. So connect meekness without being anxious, and now you can see how it provides a path out of us being addicted. Where instead of choosing a quick fix and managing our emotions in our own kinds of ways, We trust in Jesus and are submissive to him. We've been tamed or meeked and we're trusting him to be in control of whatever moment we're finding difficult. Addiction then is a coping mechanism. Uh, But here's the problem we have come to a place in the journey where we're wanting to give up these coping mechanisms that hurt our relationship with God and others. And, but now there's a gap. We, we don't want to do the old things that we turn to that harmed us and others, but we still have uh, situations and circumstances in our life in which we still feel anxious. Well, now what do we do? There's a, there's a little phrase that I was thinking about as, as I was preparing for this sermon. And what we do often in this moment is we do replacement therapy. I don't know if there is such a thing, but we do replacement therapy where we say, you know, I don't want to do those really bad things that I did before. So I'm just going to replace that bad addiction with a, with a better addiction, a kinder addiction. One that hasn't, doesn't have uh, such extreme consequences. And so we, we replace one thing for another. I don't know if you've ever seen, uh, driven by a place or, or seen a, an AA meeting. And you'll often see people outside of the AA meeting uh, smoking and drinking coffee. It's a, it's a form of replacement therapy. They know that they can't go off to their old substance abuse, but they aren't really yet free from all addiction. And so they've just replaced one with another that's a little less uh, costly. So, what we do then in this vulnerable moment of trying to give up an addiction and not really knowing what to do instead is we end up trading drugs, as it were. So, we looked at pornography and we said, You know, uh, we say, I'm addicted to pornography. I don't want to do that anymore. And so, we replace it with gaming and we spend hours on the computer looking at different things. And now we're gaming or we say you know what i was just addicted to netflix and i just zone out and it's my way of, of, of dealing with life is i just don't want to think about anybody or care about anybody i just need to kind of regroup and you go, well i shouldn't do that anymore but what we end up doing instead is we uh is we scroll through pinterest instead it's just a replacement or we found that we were addicted to food and so we replace that with being addicted to exercise and being addicted to counting every calorie. It's still an addiction, it's just a replacement. We think that we were a workaholic. And so what do we do instead? We actually become addicted to leisure. And we think that what's really gonna set us free is if we have lots of holiday time, lots of downtime, we just care about ourselves and doing what we enjoy. It's really swapping, not actually finding freedom Perhaps the one that is most uh, disturbing is when we realize that what all addiction was born out of is self-reliance, me trying to control uh, my life. And what I end up doing is choosing God, but it's an anxious relationship with God. So God, I don't want to be self-reliant. So God, I'm going to trust on you and you better come through for me. And if you don't come through for me, it's going to be your fault that I fall back into my addictions. And we treat God as a rescuer instead of a savior, where we demand things from him in an anxious kind of way that it, it, that is just as, uh, as much an addiction, as it were, as anything else that we did in the past. So the question that we want to ask then is what does true freedom look like? We don't just want to replace one addiction for another. We want to learn how do we actually uh, uh, reduce our anxiety, and find freedom to choose love and faith. Matthew 11, verses 28 to 29, gives us a profound insight into how this occurs, and it's all connected to the idea of being meek. Jesus says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, that's a non-anxious place. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. And here's the interesting phrase, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. What's a yoke? It's a harness. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. It's, a, it's like a, a bit and bridle. It's a way of being tamed, a way of being meeked. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, there's that phrase, I'm meek and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So here's the idea. Yoked equals being meeked, equals being tamed, equals being submissive. All these are a group of words that basically mean the same kind of thing. That I am no longer gonna gonna satisfy my desires and look for ways to get a quick fix just to reduce my anxiety. I am going to let Jesus, I'm going to be connected to Jesus, yoked to him, and I'm going to live in response to him. My emotions and desires are going to be controlled, not by, you know, as they say, white-knuckling it, not by grinning and bearing it, but actually being controlled by Jesus instead of my emotions. This is amazing. Freedom, then, is being yoked to a non-anxious life leader. Who does Jesus say that he is? He says, uh, I'm meek, I'm gentle and humble in heart. And so if you want to be free from anxiety, come in to my non-anxiety, my peace. And as I've been responsive to the Father and submissive to the Father, you now are to be responsive and submissive to me. And what you're going to discover is as you let me be your life leader, as you surrender control to me, I'm going to be able to lead you and pace you through life. We're going to be connected. I'm going to... Uh, I, you, you can learn from me when to turn from the left or the right, when to slow down, when to speed up, when to do this, when to do that. We're going to be joined together, and your responsibility is to do nothing more than simply live in response to me. You don't You don't need to have more willpower and... uh and be clever and have it all figured out. You just need to stay close to me. Trust me. And you're going to find that your burden is lifted. My yoke isn't heavy. It was when you weren't in my yoke, when you were untamed and wild and just following all, all, any desire that, that came into your heart and mind. That's when you got into trouble. But now that you're connected to me, we're not going to squelch those desires. But we're actually going to see them fulfilled, but in my kind of way, instead of in the way that anxiety demands. You know, it's interesting. When we think about anxious decisions, they almost never work out well. Anxiety never leads to faith and love. But as we trust in Jesus and we're we're submitted to him, we're tamed by him, then we find ourselves being able to make decisions that are based on love and those decisions are always far more gratifying, far more fulfilling than any of those addictions that we once turned to. Jesus' pacing and his presence reduce our anxiety. I love the thought that instead of trying to, instead of trying to fix our addictions, we learn how to rest in Jesus. I think this is far more profound. I've met with many people, including myself, but I've met in many people who make a vow. They know that they're addicted. They feel remorseful, and then they make grand gestures of repentance. I'm never going to do that again. And uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to turn from all of that. I'm going to sign up for YWAM or something, and I'm going to I'm just going to devote my life wholly to Jesus. And I'm never going to hang out with that crowd again. And now I've got a brand new set of friends. And they make claims that they'll never be able to live up to. What's going on there? Well, they might be trying to churn from an addiction, but they haven't churned from the anxiety that caused the addiction. It's still anxious choices. So in that sense, they're still in bondage. They're still enslaved to their emotions and anxiety, fears, and stress. They're not free at all. It's just been replacement therapy. The only way to get genuinely free is actually to surrender control to one who is meek and gentle, and as we are in his presence, we then absorb his peace, his gentleness, his quiet demeanor, and even his courage that isn't driven by anxiety. This is a far better solution to addiction than willpower and making empty promises. So our point then is simply this. Freedom from addictions is found in meekness, not willpower. For only faith in Jesus can reduce anxiety. This is just logical. We're anxious when we feel like we're in control of our destiny. But Jesus comes and says, let me be in control of your life. And If I'm in control of your destiny, you will inherit the earth. You will inherit all that the earth provides. You will will receive all of that, but it won't be because you grasp for it. It'll be because you've trusted and rested in me, and I've given it to you as a good gift. And because of that, it radically transforms these things from what we grasp for to what we receive through faith. In Jesus Christ, you know, so many of the things that the world offers are are amoral. The Bible never says that we can't ever drink. The Bible says that sexuality is to be experienced in this right context. It says that we can enjoy comfort, we can enjoy prosperity, we can enjoy blessings, we can enjoy just relaxing and uh, and not thinking about anything. All these things are fine. The problem is when these things become replacements for trusting in Jesus. Now they become idols. They steal away our faith in God. And the more we turn to them, the less they satisfy, the more our anxiety goes up. And the more we turn to, to uh, worse and worse things to manage our anxiety. And it takes us farther and farther away from the Prince of Peace. In the Psalms it says, do not fret, it only leads to evil doing. Anxiety, when we're blinded by our anxiety, it ultimately leads to worse and worse forms of coping. Our only salvation is found in Jesus Christ. So, let me ask you in closing then, what causes you anxiety? Where do you, uh, where do you feel your anxiety spike? Is it at work? Uh, is it when you're alone with your thoughts? Is, uh, is it when you're with a family member? Uh, where do you find you uh, anxiety just seems to flood into your mind in a way that's almost uncontrollable? Imagine that place of anxiety. Now, how do you typically try to find relief? Where do you go? What do you do? What's your your addiction? What's your coping mechanism? We've already talked about how we need to be honest about those coping mechanisms and realize how they divide us from God and others. But here's what we're looking at today. What does it look like to be meeked? What does it look like in that area to simply surrender control, be tamed, by the love and power of Jesus Christ. I remember listening to somebody who ran a, um, a house for those who were recovering from addiction. And he would say how somebody in the house would come up to him and say, I, I really need a drink. And uh, I can't control myself. I've got to go to the bar. I've got to get a drink. And he would sit down with this person and he would say, um, Alcohol can't lift you out of the chair and transport you down to the bar. You do that. You do that. Victory is sitting in the chair. Victory is staying in the discomfort of a moment and finding Jesus there. Oh, this is radical. It's not, I'm never going to drink again. Like it, it's, it's sitting in the chair and saying, God, you know my discomfort. You know that my anxiety is spiking. I'm not going to try to escape this moment into an addiction. I'm going to learn how to find you in these kinds of moments. And as we begin to find Jesus in these kinds of moments, we find ourselves not just leaving a particular addiction, but leaving an addictive lifestyle, an anxious lifestyle, because we know how to find Jesus in difficult moments. We've been tamed. We are not rash and demanding and agitated We're learning how to sit in the presence of God and find him in difficult places. This is our salvation. Jesus invites us to trust in him by resting in him, by being yoked. Imagine, you know, uh, an ox to ox, being yoked with him. Not pulling against him, but resting and being at peace even though there's discomfort and oppression and difficulties going on around us. And we desire to surrender our solutions, our ways of maintaining control. We surrender to his control. This is beautiful. And this is what salvation looks like. Listen to this. What's the reward for this? Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Think of all that we desire, the fulfillment that we desire, the security that we want, the significance that we want. Think about those things. It's all yours. But it will only be a beautiful gift when you receive it from the hand of your Heavenly Father. And if we grasp for it, the very things that God wanted to give us as gifts now become curses because we, fought, we put our faith in them instead of in Christ. This is what we read about in, uh, in Deuteronomy. He says, look, I want to bless you. That's not the issue. What I'm worried about is when I bless you, you're going to chase after those things and put your identity in those things and think that those things are your salvation. And then they're going to let you down, because they'll be a cruel taskmaster. In the midst of blessing, you need to remember that it's about me, and it's about me giving you these good things. Only then will they stay a blessing. Blessed, happy are the meek, the ones who have been tamed, submissive to God. Then, when when God brings his inheritance, it will be a blessing instead of uh, a curse that separates us from love and trust. So I would like to pray for us that as we sit in the discomfort of life, we would stay in the chair and trust that God will meet us there, heal our hearts of anxiety, and... uh, And lead us, with that yoke, lead us in a path of righteousness. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that our freedom from addiction, from false gods, from empty promises, from things that, uh, that almost satisfy, that our freedom from all of that is to rest in you and be tamed by your love and leadership. Oh, Father, thank you for such a beautiful solution to such a heavy bondage. Thank you for the example that we have in your word, that all you ever asked of the people of Israel is to trust in you, and you would take care of everything else. So, Father, we come now with empty hands, not grasping for control. We come modeling Jesus, Who does not grasp for control, but is meek, gentle, humble in heart. Not intimidated by other powers, not intimidated by our desires, but able to sit in a moment of discomfort, trusting that you're in control. Give us this gift of faith today. As we walk forward into life, putting our confidence in you the name of your dear son. Amen. God bless you as you churn from bondage into connection with God.